All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. I am uh, pumped. So, <laughs> have you ever fucking built something? I'm being honest. I'm being honest. There's so many people out there that'll be like this, that, the other about this project. Have you ever built something, created something, brick by fucking brick? Tonight's guest has. Tonight's guest has, and he's fucking building every day. Alex, building, hasn't stopped. And I can tell you firsthand knowledge from the homie Rafi. Shout out to WBC back in the day. He found his way to Bricktobians. Yep. He fucking, he was like, hey, I threw a party out here in Florida, and the homies Bricktopians helped uh, cover the tax. It was a Bricktopians party. And I was like, damn, son. Damn. So I'm a fan of in real life events. I'm a fan of builders. I'm a fan of doers. And we're going to get into it tonight. We're going to talk content creation. We're going to talk building projects. We're going to talk about his project. We're going to talk about identity. We're going to get into all of it, bro. But you know what's next, bro. Y'all know. Y'all know what it is. We got ads. Did your girlfriend leave you for the overlord? Don't despair. Swipe right on lizard ladies and find yourself the perfect match. Pick one of the sexy lizards on OpenSea or DM the Lemurian matchmaker at lizard ladies to create a custom one just for you. With the flick of a wick and a little bit of ETH, you can even add a baby to your lizard mama or request a family portrait including your creep. Just because your daddy wasn't there doesn't mean you don't have to be. But choose wisely. Your lizard lady might help you make a spy bird deflect to your wallet through a giveaway, give you a baby creep, or just spend your internet magic money sitting around looking pretty. So give lizard love a chance and find your match in Lemuria. But hurry, there are only 111 lizard ladies for the baddest 1% of creeps with the thickest of wicks. Visit and follow Lizard Ladies with a Z on Twitter and OpenSea. That's Lizard Ladies with a Z on Twitter and OpenSea. Stay freaky, y'all. Let's be honest. You look like a fucking bum. It's because of those socks. They're dirty, they're holy, and you've been wearing them for a year now. Look at you. Do you even have any dignity? Now look at Eddie. Eddie's full of dignity because he wears trademark socks. Trademark gives Eddie the confidence to walk into that board meeting knowing he's the smoothest motherfucker in the room. With two collections already released and several pairs of socks shipped all over the continental United States, Eddie is able to wear his trademark with confidence knowing that his socks are baller as fuck and has already been completely logged on the blockchain. Be like Eddie, get your dignity back and the ability to look your wife in the eye and say, damn it, Martha, I'm not a little boy. I'm a fucking man. Be a man or an extremely elegant woman with great taste and get trait merch today. Your feet will thank you and your significant other won't be so embarrassed to take you out in public. Find them on Twitter at trait merch. Trait merch. Protect your feet from rugs. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the All of Us Radio Chat. An exclusive chat for hardcore listeners, speakers, and sponsors of the show. It's open to anyone who wants to be a part of it, so long as we have room. All you gotta do is comment below, 
Let us know you want to be in and we'll add you in. The All of Us Radio Chat will be the first place that we go to check messages while the show is live. So if you've got questions you want us to ask a guest, drop it in the chat. You have a segment suggestion, send it to us in chat. You've got a guest request, the chat is the place to let us know. And it does in fact go down in the DMs, folks. Those in the All of Us Radio Chat will get exclusive opportunities to win prizes. They'll get a heads up on the guest schedule and they'll get their memes pinned in the tweets. So come be a part of the conversation with us as we smoke weed, drink beer, and interview rock stars. Let's fucking go. Y'all know what time it is. This painting here, I bought it 10 years ago for $60,000. I could sell it today for $600. Welcome to the greatest late night DJ show on Twitter. It's all of us radio and we came to party, baby. The metaverse, crypto. Hey, what's going on, Lord? Bro, like, this is one of the best shows, like, best shows I've been on. You're a phenomenal host. No, man, Warlords, he's day one, man. I've been a huge fan. I remember the 24-hour spaces. I remember all the spaces when the project launched. Uh, I, when I heard you were going to be here, I had to come to the bar. You know, I'll shamelessly plug Lord Lord's NFT right now. Go ahead and buy oh, that. <laughs> it's going to sit you up here just like I am with, like, legends. I'm not fucking leaving. Absolutely right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going nowhere. My friends, I'm too broke to go anywhere. I've put all of my money into these useless fucking JPEGs. So I got no place to go. I'll be right here Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fucking giving you guys a hard time, giving you the alpha, giving what you need. Fucking, you know how we start off every motherfucking show. That shout outs, bro. Who's that? Who's that in the distance there? Oh my god, is that? Is that? Is that? Big Bad Britney broadcasting live from the west side. We got Alex's building in the building. Holy shit, we got Doogie's. The Doogie's account is in the building. Holy fuck. Rough, rough. Doogie, Doogie, Doogie. Marcy. Man, should put the game in the chokehold. Homie, we got Late Night Crew Dave putting in that hard work overnight so that you don't have to. You get to sit comfy in your bed like a punk. Your wife doesn't respect you, son. Doesn't respect you. Be like Late Night Crew Dave. That's Scotty. That's Scotty, man. I'll tell you what, bro. You got a car stolen out of your front fucking ride. Homie had a fucking heat, bro. He had that flat bill on. Fucking not a team, not not a sports, not a brand. Just S-C-O-T-T-I. And you're like, that motherfucker, Scotty. I know Scotty stole my car. I'm looking for him. And you went everywhere. Look at online. You found this fucking Twitter account. And you think, that's the guy that fucking stole my shit. You're wrong. You're wrong. Because that's not Scotty. Holy shit. Chopper just joined. It's going to be fucking legendary tonight. Big Bad Papa Joe in the building. Lux just dropped a new episode. You got to check that shit out. We got Big Bad fucking Grant Juice Jitsu Thrusters. That's a mouthful. I'm happy to say it, though. We got Katsubi. Who else we got in here, man? Let's see who else we got. Big Bad Board Bagels in the building. I fucking love it. We got everything altcoin.e. Welcome, Miss Jen. Welcome, Combat Wombat. Oh, Austin. Fucking ladies and gentlemen, here we fucking go. Eddie, Britt, how the hell are you, homies? 
fucking hyped to be here, bro. Bro, <laughs> I'm fucking hyped. Uh, fucking creeps are on a run. Are they not? What's going We're on? We're going to the moon again. <laughs> Let's fucking go, man. Uh, well, that's something to fucking. That's something to be happy about, Eddie. How you the fuck? I had to do a little outfit change, a little PFP switch up because <laughs> I'm so fucking hyped. <laughs> I see late night Dave did it too. Yo, Marcy got the game in a chokehold. Oh, my God. That's a good one right there. <laughs> yeah, bro. Fucking jujitsu Marcy over there. Fucking blue belt, by the way. Uh, choke you the fuck out. You know she's not taking any attitude from anybody, bro. She's just fucking, what, what are you, I'm, I, I'll make you my bitch. How about that? Yo, Lore finds one thing out about you, boom, he just fucking blows that shit up. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, people should be proud, man. Be proud of their accomplishments. Hi highlight motherfuckers, man. Make motherfuckers Back. feel good. Fucking Back. too much ugly shit to be pissed off about. Let make people feel good while you're here, homie. Uh, how are you feeling, Eddie? Bro, I'm a little under the weather, to be honest, bro. I, I went to work today, and I just, like, one of my homies called off of work, and... I was just like, damn, you're sick. And then in my head, I was like, you're not sick. You're, you're good. But now I started a little bit of coughing, a little runny nose. And I'm like, damn, I feel, I don't feel good now. But, you know, I, I always feel better at home next to this fucking tree with some weed, some more tree. Got tree in the lap and tree in the living room. Yeah. So, yeah, just in a vibe now. And obviously, it's all of this radio time. Fuck yeah. Make sure you guys. Make sure you guys hit that bubble uh, bubble at the bottom. Oh, I, I don't think they make it a purple bubble anymore. But make sure you hit that speech bubble. Share the space out. Retweet it. Leave a comment if you guys don't want to retweet it. Just drop some hashtags. You know, let let people know where you're hanging out tonight. Yeah, man. And then uh, also, if you guys want to be a part of the anybody new here, be a part of the All of Us Radio chat. Um, just let us know in the comments. We're happy to add you. Uh, it does go down the DM. We just fucking late night crew. Dave just fucking won a. I don't know, man, a, a gift card to Web3 Merch Kings. So he's going to be able to get some cool stuff there. I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, and you, know, and you know these chats always turn into alpha chats. So I hate to say, like, oh, it's an alpha chat. But it's like people can't help but, like, take where the good stuff is. So, like, even today I put on to the Loud Punk pre-mint, and I was like, oh, shit, Rolling Loud, the, the festival has a, has a mint going on? Like, and it's, and it's a lifetime pass through an NFT to all of the concerts. And Rolling Loud throws a a concert in every city, I swear. A festival in every city. So I was put onto there in the chat today, actually. But um, but yeah, that loud punk. That's probably something to watch out for, guys, for sure. Yeah, and I don't want to say it's a coincidence, but once we started the chat, I mean, creeps started running. You know what I mean? Yo. <laughs> bro, I told you no such thing as coincidences. Yeah, we bro. speak everything into existence. Goddamn right. Uh, fuck yeah, bro. I yeah, man. So on, uh, Britt, do you have a? Uh, do you have a uh, an astrology report for us, homie? I do, I do. Let's get it. It is time for the astrology report. Let's find out what's in your orbit. Let's find out if you should be bullish, bearish, or a complete fucking degent. Not financial advice. Let's fucking go! What do you got for us, homie? Today is December 14th, and we are still in Sagittarius season. We only have two Wednesdays left of 2022. Make them count, people. Make them count. The moon is in Leo. So be bold, be brave, be unapologetically yourself. Uh, the, the sun is still in Ophiuchus and Venus is in Sagittarius. Soul is at 14. East is at 12K. 
Bitcoin pumps to almost 18 today, but we're still at 17K. Um, like and share the room. Leave us a comment, your favorite gift, something exciting, something you're excited about. Let us know. What's in my orbit? Metaflyers Mint Day is December 20th, this coming Tuesday. Make sure you're on the allow list. Don't miss out. The Mint will be free for allow list participants. Um, PayPal just partnered with MetaMask to accept crypto payments. Bullish on that. Troops is pumping, and we're at a 2 ETH floor, 2.2 last time I checked, so lizards are definitely going to the moon. Brick Origins is hosting a raffle for allow list, which I'll be pinning to the top. Good luck to you all. I hope you guys win. The deadline to make your claim against Celsius is January 3rd. Don't let them swindle you. Fill out that email address, uh, the email case if you haven't. Um, slide into my DMs, and I'll send you the link. Today we have with us Alex is building in the building to discuss abnormal bricked origins and so much more. That concludes today's report. Fuck yeah! Let's fucking go! Um, also, hey, homies, I want to point out uh, NFT Philly throwing an event tomorrow. It is during the day. You do have to register to be a part of it. So if you're in the Philadelphia area, you want to check out a badass fucking NFT event, make sure that you uh, jump in on that. Uh, free, fun, uh, and this time it's going to be uh, a lot more order and structure. I'm trying to learn from these guys a little bit more order. I don't think it's going to rub off, but you know me. I'm going to try. Um, fuck yeah, man. Uh, Alex, homie, how are you, G? Yo, good to be here, man. Thank you for having me. This is a very um, high-energy space. I'm surprised I haven't been here before. It's a big vibe. Welcome, friend. Happy to have you. Dude, thank you so much, yeah, man. Thank you. Dude, so uh, we like to start off every show, man, with, with a guest. We like to, we, we love origin stories, man. So I'm curious to know what your origin story is, how you got into crypto, how you got into, into NFTs, how you found yourself to where you're at right now. Oh, uh, dude, I'm actually, one, so hey, everyone, to anyone that's new to my work, I'm Alex. Um, I've been in the blockchain space for seven years now. ETH since $45. I've worked with some of the biggest brands in the world, including the NBA on NFTs and Web3. And I'm the co-founder of Bricktopians, which I've seen you um, shared a little bit about above. I'm going to tag for anyone who doesn't know what that is. This is Bricktopians. This was the, I still stand by it that to this day, this is the most technically complex NFT collection that was ever created. It, we, to create every, one of the Bricktopians that you see right above, which is, by the way, is not a trailer, not a set of one of ones. Every single NFT moves and behaves like this. If you were to create it on a single laptop, it would take you over 10 years to make our entire collection. So we had to work with some leading experts in the animation space to actually just pull off the loading and rendering of each NFT one at a time. And even with the most supercomputer power you could possibly throw at an NFT collection, it took us five weeks of literally just pressing start to go to the end no one no human touching anything just the processing so if you want to know a little bit about how seriously we take everything you can imagine if that's what we put into the collection before we even launched it how seriously we take what we're building today so my origin story i'm really fortunate in that i've been in the space for quite a while now and the way i really got into it was through the blockchain door not the crypto door i was very much i graduated high school was very much in that like app revolution phase where everyone was trying to create an app and then one day um my dad sat me down he was like 
hey, I see what you're trying to do. I just went to this like work event. They mentioned something about blockchain. I think, I think you might want to look into it. And so, and he said, you don't listen to me about a whole lot, but I feel like this is the one time you really want to listen to me. And I was like, okay. And so I went back to making my apps and doing all sorts of things like that. But then one day I came across a book called The Blockchain Revolution. And the long story short was it basically opened my entire mind to a lot of the applications that we're just starting to see today. And so I grew up in Melbourne, Australia. We actually don't have a very big tech scene here. So I took, I saved up the money and took a flight to New York and actually got to go to some consensus events like when consensus, so consensus for many people who don't know is basically the like business arm of Ethereum. I got to meet Joe Lubin, the co-founder of Ethereum, um, and all these incredible people when they were just this small dev studio in like a brick, um, in, in an old brick office above a pizza place in Brooklyn. And a guy there told me, um, he's like, you really should get into um, podcasting, like the content creation side, is a great way to meet some incredible people. And so I never actually ended up starting a podcast, but I used that as an excuse to talk to really important people in my city. And then from that, I just networked and networked and networked, got small opportunities, internships, first jobs. And then eventually last year, uh, I started to really get my eye in where um, that intersection between Web3 and crypto and culture was becoming this like nexus point that started for me with Top Shot of like really taking that side of it seriously. And then um, one thing led to another. People kind of knew me as the Web3 and crypto person within my network. I just kept on getting invited to work with brands, which I'd leverage one into another, into another, into another. And then at the, to launch Bricktopians, my co-founder, who's been my best friend of the past 15 years, he he is a uh, bit of context on him. He used to work with Virgil Abloh, Kanye when he was still um, making nice music and saying nice things. Um, Young Thug, NBA players on their digital art, and it was this intersection point where we were like, "Hold on, this is like for the first time ever. We've always tried to experiment on working together, and there wasn't a natural fit. And for the first time ever, we were like, "Hold on." This is digital art meets Web3. This is perfect. And so we launched Bricktopians. We sold out in 90 seconds and very different to a lot of the other NFT collections that launched around us at the time. We're here one year later. We're still growing. We're still building. And what we're releasing next is what I'll tag above. This is, as you can imagine, with the digital fashion background, we've really pushed the limits. of. We, we always say, we create the impossible so that our holders will have something that they'll never see again anywhere else. We did that in the digital world. Now we're doing it in the physical world with this above, which is the brain boot, fully 3D printed sneaker that is actually adaptable. And per- like we're, we're completely uh, limitless in what we can do with this in terms of honoring what we love about Web3. So we've seen artifacts today drop a sneaker that's the same sneaker with four different colorways. We could, if we wanted to, we could make every sneaker unique. The, the possibilities of what we're creating is, is quite limitless. And so we, we basically created the first sneaker by Web3 for Web3 and in a world that is completely uncompeted in and only owned by Nike right now, we're giving our holders a chance to play in a space that if you're trying to buy a Clonex, you might be priced out of right now. 
So yeah, that's a bit on my origin story, how we get got here and, and where we're going. Fuck yeah, bro. You said that you uh yeah, dude. That's uh that's a that's a strong origin story, man. You said that you had worked with some pretty big brands. Uh what did you do? What did you do in those capacities? So this is really cool. The um Law Degree's first NFT project, kind of like what proved to us what was possible, was working for Lamello Ball's independent um uh, NFT release. So he was one of the first athletes to launch an NFT of his own. And Law Degree, my co-founder, he did all the art for that. And so through that work, he became quite connected to the team behind it, as you can imagine. And they were embarking on a much bigger project that they didn't have anyone to fill the seat of. And me being young, hungry, and ambitious, I basically networked my way in there. And Law got, got my foot in the door, but I had to close it and um, pushed in to be able to win the work to create a prototype for a platform that takes high value um, physical items. Like, so the, the piece that we were working with was Giannis Antetokounmpo's game six NBA jersey where he scored 50 points and won the championship and fractionalizing the ownership of that so that mums and dads, us, young NBA fans, could accessibly own a piece of that um, of that memorabilia. Naturally, you can imagine, as I started to create my own NFT project, I had a couple irons in the fire and had to decide, okay, you can't do all of these. You have to pick one. And so I launched, after launching Bricktopians, I told the team, I'm like, here's the code. Here's what to do. You guys take it from here. And so I believe that uh, they're, called playground studio they're still working with the nba this is like the um a lot of people think that brands are just doing like oh starbucks releases a little loyalty thing and the nba is like released some free collectibles around that the finals it's like no, no no that's just them dipping their toes in the water all the big brands you know are working on major things that are going to be three or four year development so it's going to be really exciting to see what they create and i was actually really fortunate because from a I'm more of a marketing guy, um, but doing that project is what gave me enough of a deep technical understanding and having to basically put all my money on the line to build it myself um, or, or a significant amount of money on the line to build the prototype of that myself and get really closely integrated with the tech team. That's where I learned all of my skills with project management, what a de- tech team is looking for. And that's actually what enabled me to get Bricktopians off the ground in the first place. So it was a really valuable piece of experience and something that I'm always proud to talk about when I get the opportunity. You mentioned that you dropped a, a cool million trying to get keep this project going for, for a whole year, man. And that's a, that's a big uh, piece of cheddar. And you, you did a nice start about the five things that you learned. I'm curious, where did you where did you put that investment into your project? Like, what parts were you uh, working on to expand, to build, to create, to do? Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's actually it, it's obviously more than that, but it that makes a really nice and clean Twitter thread headline. So I, I could tell that that would perform really well. The biggest thing that people underestimate with uh, when you're the founder of an NFT project, particularly in that late 2021, early 2022 phase was how expensive um, paid media was. So early out the gates when we were in um, that really hot period, something that 
people always ask us to do. They're like, we need to do more paid media. We need to do more paid media. But what people didn't notice was that we actually were already doing that. We were doing it as in the form of native advertising. So we we had, for example, um, Lil Baby and Snoop Dogg buy into the collection, which is like a really cool piece of knowledge. But we were fanning the flames of getting that out there. So that really, um, in the early days, those types of marketing activities were really expensive. Now the bulk of our spending really goes into research and development, building out the technical capability of our upcoming release of the Brain Boot and making it so that it's not just a Web 3 release, but it's also a Web 2 release in terms of being um, what I would call like, it's almost like a yin and a yang launch where you can participate in whichever capability that you want to, but it's always honored by what happens on the blockchain. And then there's the really boring stuff that comes with running a company, having paying um, for your team, paying project managers, paying for accounting, paying for legal, all of these different aspects. And so I'm really happy that the bull run is kind of over because I think that it encourages spending in the wrong areas. And it's certainly an area where when I look back on it, it's like, oh, we were chasing, chasing like dopamine hits, whereas now we're building foundational things that actually create lasting impact. Hell yeah, dude. Um, do you feel like the, the, like the, the those marketing procedures or, or, or processes that you did, would, did you find them to be beneficial? Do you felt like, feel like they were long lasting? Would you have done it different? Would you have gone with other artists? Well, what's your overall review of that? Yeah, I, I think that something that is really underestimated is that you, you really need to balance short-term objectives and long-term objectives so there are certain things that i look back on and it's like okay we did that so that in that moment we would feel the experience of a pump whereas for example creating a brain boot is almost like they're eating your vegetables and being healthy it's like that is something that can create sustained growth whereas almost any advertising that you spend is rugged he got rugged <laughs> he was going in for the kill uh, the most important thing is and then he got rugged am i rugged have you got me now i i can i can hear both of you guys actually all right so, okay did you, did you get that full thing eddie yes i sir. got it all yeah oh yeah, wow. yeah cool okay so i think it might be you law lord but yeah i was just saying that there's almost like um a maintenance cost that you need to do. And I, I now do this more through effort than through investing in like marketing funds as much because people don't trust paid promotions anymore. So what's shifted is that in order to do things like maintain floor, get new people in, grow the community, I now go on external Twitter spaces. I promote Bricktopians through my content. I go and speak at live events, all these sorts of things where in, at the end of 2021, early 2022, you could just pay for like native advertising or certain um, uh, promotions and that would do, serve the same purpose, which meant that you could just do more of the work in the background. Now you have to do all that yourself and push it in the foreground, which is part of why I'm here in the first place. It's like nice to be able to um, speak in long form about everything. But that's something that I think a lot of projects don't understand is if you were running like a fully just private company, the ideal scenario would be if you're in product development phase, you just go dark and you would just focus on product development. Whereas when you're running an NFT project, 
everything is about trust. And I even, I actually called this out in the, the million dollar thread that you referenced. It's like, you need to show up every day so that people know that you're building. It's not just like, oh, Alex is building. I'll see you in six months. And here we go. It's like, no, no, no. You need to put as much effort and time and resources into that keeping everyone happy along the journey as you do in the, the massive stages. But I do think that and it wouldn't even work as effectively anymore because trust has been eroded in the sellouts that really promoted a lot of rugs. But even if you could have that 2021 period again um, or that end of 2021, I think that it is less long-term strategic to overcapitalize on trying to create a pump unless you're trying to help people liquidate in the short term, right? Like unless there's a bunch of people that want to get off the project and you're trying to get liquidity, which in itself would not be a healthy way to go about building. You want to do the things where, so I got the perfect example, right? Crypto Jay is in the, in the chat right now. Jay is, I'm going to call you out, man, because I, I got a lot of love for you. Jay is someone that I met at an event. He's someone that has been seeing my content for a long time. He's someone that saw the brain boot in person and and met my co-founder Law Degree, which a lot of people don't get to meet. And he's come in, he's bought four Bricktopians. He's become an awesome member of our community. I'm sure he's told people about Bricktopians. And it's like all of that was through the hard work. That was that came through product development, that came through speaking, taking the time to speak at events, that came from taking the time to speak to someone one-on-one. That is the type of growth I want because then it's less spiky. It's more sustained. And eventually my dream is to have 10,000 of J so that we can just, it's like my, my goal would be zero Bricktopians listed because no one, um, everyone's like, no, 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 you can piss off. This is my brick. I, I, I'm holding that for life because I actually want to be a part of what you guys are creating. And that all comes from working so hard on the product itself. You mentioned you mentioned that you got to show up every day to build, and I love that because you know all of us radios here Monday through Thursday, you know six p.m. But you know it's not enough to just be on Spaces. Like I'm seeing that you know you have a lot of threads. You're going to be opening up your newsletter. Can you can you kind of tell tell the audience on how these threads are really strengthening your brand? Yeah, hundred percent. So I I it became really clear to me in around that June period where it really felt like it was confirmed that we were entering a bear market, right? And I was thinking about previous bear markets I've experienced and it really came down to the projects that were mainly crypto projects at that point in time that made it through and came back in the next market were very much those that had built an audience of trust. And I felt, how do you build trust? You show that you're turning up daily and you do long-form content that really brings people into the mindset of why you do certain things and what your strategy is and what you've learned and what successes you've had and why and what mistakes you've made and, and how you're learning from them. And I thought there was no better way to do that than threads. And I also thought I was I had a lot of good ideas, like I did believe in my ideas, but I thought I'm not a very good content writer. And I figured if I, if I learn through volume, a lot of people just over plan their content. They like think too hard about it, but then don't produce enough. And I heard a great analogy about it the other day. Who, who do you think would be a better stand up comedian? The stand up comedian who goes to the comedy cellar every night and just tries new things or the comedy or the comedian that sits in their room all day, never does a set and writes the perfect stand up set 
and then goes out and performs at once. Like, oh, you know yeah. who, who the better one's going to be, right? Yeah, hey, yeah, um, guys showing up every day. Done is better than perfect in my book every time, man. I'd rather go up there done and imperfect a hundred times than to, to run up there once with something perfect. Exactly. And what most people don't realize is that having that mindset is how you become perfect. Because if you are done, if you get things done more, more than other people, you'll get more data points and you'll improve faster. You need to add a review cycle in. So I'm really big on review cycles. And you need to add review cycles in like once a week or twice a month or something like that. And you'll have, oh, this one worked and that one didn't. I wonder why. And oh, that one's actually quite similar to that one, which also didn't work. And I phrased them in the same way. And you get all these learnings. So you just get better faster. And um, in terms of the newsletter, the newsletter is something that I see as um, what I, so it, it what most people don't realize about raising a floor in like in, in NFTs in 2022, here's a bit of alpha for anyone, is that I went in fully with the mindset of, okay, there are three Bricktopians at this price. I need to sell three Bricktopians and then the price is this. And then so, uh, therefore, if I go on a space and three people purchase, the price goes to here. If I go on the next space and two people purchase, the price goes to here. There's only ever like a couple listed at each price. It's not, the floor price isn't some ephemeral thing. There is quite literally three Bricktopians that you can look at and you can directly sell those. Well, how do you make sales in the traditional world? You have a sales funnel. And what, what I've learned and I've tried to, I'll be honest, I've tried to shortcut this by going directly from my Twitter content to, hey, buy a Bricktopian. And it never works. But what a real sales funnel is, you got the top of the funnel, which is where you get attention. You got the middle of the funnel, which is where you massage the audience. And then you got the bottom of the funnel, which is like direct sales telling someone to buy. And what I see the newsletter as is I see it as the middle of the funnel. There's two things I want in the middle of the funnel. I want the newsletter and I want a podcast because there's this weird effect where Twitch streamers with very, with very small audiences are able to sell more than TikTok creators with multi-million follower audiences. And the reason is, is just because more time with you builds more trust, which makes people more likely to purchase what you're selling. And so I haven't had the time, I wish I had, to start the newsletter, but by putting the link out there in advance, it means that people sign up and I've already almost got a thousand people so that when I started in the new year, um, we've got something to work with. And so what I want to do in that newsletter is always have a section that's, uh, and this is the way I'm currently thinking about it. It may evolve, but I want to tell a story because I find stories uh, are what people connect with the most. They don't really connect with information or an update or anything like that. I just want to tell a story, either a recent one that I've experienced or something from early in our building journey that I learned from or that was really a defining moment for us. And I'm quite confident that they say you need to see something six times before you purchase. I'm confident that um, if, if someone's read my email every week and they see it like 14 times, I think people are going to go, you know what? I don't know a whole lot about what's left in this NFT market. I kind of want to get out. I've got some stuff I can liquidate. I think I'm going to buy Alex's NFT because I at least see that he's building every day. And I've, I know the story of what he's building and why he's building it and how he's building it. And so I want to be a part of that. So that, that's the way I look at my content strategy is Twitter is top of the funnel. Newsletter is middle of the funnel. Newsletter and podcast is middle of the funnel. And 
Twitter spaces like this are kind of like middle to bottom of the funnel because depending on the, the type of space and the environment, sometimes uh, I'll get the, like, I it'll be more of like a pitchy space or we've just had a great chat and I'll tell people like, hey, as I probably will in this space, like if you want to be a part of our world, go to the second tweet in the pin and go and get a Bricktopian and, and be a part of a collection with the future. In fact, I'll repin it to even say that now. Fuck Hell yeah, yeah bro. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. You're back, Lore. Yeah, no, no, I've been here the whole time. I've been listening. <laughs> I just like to keep you all in suspense in the chat. It was funny. The, the eyes made me happy. Uh, the fear and anxiety of you're not knowing if it's being recorded or not. I don't know. It just made me happy. Uh, so I just stayed quiet. Um, fuck yeah. Speaking of like selling it, what we sell here, ad tokens. Uh, if you're interested in ad token, like you like the ads that you heard in the beginning, you can pick up one of those. It's pinned up above. Um, dude. Uh, I also want to talk about you. You talk a lot about the the blog, the podcast, and how, really how you're getting into this this mode of content creation and, and creating these different funnels. Through that, one of the things that you talked about and discussed was, um, well, I apologize, you didn't discuss it here, but you said it online, and you talked about how you're ready to part ways with your ape, um, that you are uh, uh, looking at, at going something different. And I'm curious to know if you can kind of walk us through that explanation. Um, I think you detailed it well on, on, on your tweet, but if you could just kind of uh, walk us through that. What, what's your idea behind that? Yeah, so it's a super multifaceted kind of experience that has been owning this ape. I'm actually going to pin for anyone because – I used to have a hexagon, but now I have a circle. And there's a, a very specific reason for that that actually started today. So I'm going to pin something above. This is how I plan on transitioning my profile picture. So I'm actually switching over to a Bricktopian. So something that I found, particularly at the beginning of the content creation journey, is that I, uh, and this came more from a place of insecurity than everything, it's like, why should like when you're making content it kind of gives an edge of like people asking like in my head it's like why should i trust you why should i listen to you why do you have authority and having an ape is like an instant credibility builder and so i felt like i needed it in order to be able to grow on twitter and what i found out very quickly particularly through doing spaces is that as you just feel more confident in what you have to say the content dictates way more than the profile picture and so now i've kind of like reached that point in my journey where i'm like oh i don't need this people actually like me for me and then when you get to that point you also see people like voltura um who got to like however many hundreds of thousands he has on twitter but then he changed to a psych anonymous and because he was already too big he was too well known when he changed his profile picture, no one recognized him. And no, like he kind of like was forgotten for a, a temporary period. And I was like, well, no matter what, at some point, I want to be representing Bricktopians. I want our profile picture. And so the I felt like 15K was like the right amount of audience where if I produce a good piece of content, people will see it. Because you need a certain benchmark of audience in order, I found it was around, I got no engagement on my threads until I hit around 3K. And once you hit around 3K, if you write a good piece of content, it can go viral. And I felt like 15K was like the perfect benchmark of like, okay, that's enough that my content will get a strong nudge. 
but it is also small enough that most people don't really know who I am. So no, I can actually like build that brand along the way. And so I've been, I've been fired up to be honest, because I'm like more and more excited every single day to be wearing a Bricktopian. Cause I, I feel like that, you know how it's talking about top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. I feel like if my Bricktopian is my profile picture, then there's a chance that it, it kind of goes straight from top of the funnel to straight to the bottom of the funnel because people are seeing quality content come from a Bricktopian every day. And they're like, I just see this space. I don't know a lot about NFTs. I want to be what Alex is doing. And so that's what I'm really excited for. It'll be interesting to see. I think without question, an ape will always accelerate your growth. There's no denying that. And so I'm sure it's going to be a slower grow. But I'd much rather it be a grow where the people coming along, like like me for me, they love the Bricktopian, they get what it's all about. And so it just feels like the right moment in that journey to do it. And so I, d- I made my first change today, actually. That's why there's a slight slip on the left side of my face, and it's going to slowly eclipse over the next 30 days. Fuck yeah, bro. I love the way that you're, you're tackling that, man. I like the way that you're, you're moving that. And it's like people can kind of see that transition happening and they'll, they'll, they'll be able to relate that, um, relate it to you. You know what I mean? It's not like a broad switch. I'll probably do, uh, if I were to ever switch, I'd probably just do it overnight. Just mayhem. Cause that's, that's what I enjoy. Um, and I do from time to time, actually, I go from like, uh, that to, the gritty and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but fuck yeah, man. Dude, tell me if you could walk back a little bit and tell me about Brick Torigens. Um, it seems like it's something that's coming up. Uh, can you give us a little bit of info on that? Yeah, 100%. So uh, something really exciting for us and something that I'll give you, I'll reel it back to around, I think it was like June, July, where we made this decision. We, so we're obviously making, we've already made Bricktopians. We did this mechanism called the Forge that's one of my favorite things that we've ever built where people could burn a Bricktopian to evolve another one. And we had 1,500 Bricktopians burnt. And then so we're moving into doing this brain boot and we constantly kept getting asked this question. Yeah, like I love the brain boot. This is really cool, but what does it have to do with brick? And then the flip side was we some people would love the brain boot and they'd be like, oh, this is really cool. And then we'd tell them about bricks and they'd be like, I don't get it. I don't get the link. Like how, how is this related when our brand really is just built on pushing the limits of what technology can do, whether that be in the digital and physical world and creating access to it through Web3. And so what we realized was artifacts, for example, have done this excellently where they're artifact studios, they're this brand where if they release PFPs, it makes sense. If they release sneakers, it makes sense. If they release um, metaverse-compatible houses, it makes sense. Because you're like, yeah, there's this umbrella brand. Like, I get it. It, it. it all comes together. And so we changed our name from just being Bricktopian to Abnormal Studios. And the reason we changed our name to that was because every time we would speak to someone, whether it be um, a even just people helping us set up like the LLC equivalent in Australia for our company, they'd be like, so what category is this in? And we'd like explain it to them. They'd be like, you know, this is like abnormal, right? This is like a not normal business. And we're like, yeah, we know. And that word kept on coming up a lot and we kind of loved it. Now we embrace it and we own it as abnormal studios. So we're doing rather than similar to my PFP change, rather than just doing a PFP change on 
the company and the organization and the project and everything, we're like, no, let's turn this into a, an event that celebrates the moments of our past. And something that I really always loved growing up was, I don't know if anyone here played Yu-Gi-Oh! I loved collecting Exodia, um, like the five different cards. Of, yep, like the forbidden arm. one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of these experiences of collecting like five pieces, for example, and combining them together to create the mega piece. And what we're doing now is there are these five stories that are really fundamental to who we are and, and why we are what we are. So I'll give you one of them. Um, we originally, so we started building our collection in August. And orig- in August, if you remember this time period, no one really knew what, uh, oh, no, it was actually July. No one knew what an NFT collection was going to be. And so our original spin on what ours or our take on what we were going to launch was I'd bought this collection called Fusionates, which was like a AI derivative of Bought at Yacht Club. And I really enjoyed it because it was beautiful art and it felt like an accessible way to buy that collection. And what happened was I bought that and everything else on the market at the time was a derivative. But as we were building what we called at the time Bricto Punks, a bricked interpreted CryptoPunks derivative, what I noticed was that any derivative that was created would get hot for a minute and then it would eventually fall away and just burn everyone. And so we built a community. We had 40,000 people in the Discord for Bricto Punks. We're five days out from launch and my co-founder and I were seeing these other collections fall apart and we said to each other, we're like, we can't build this. We can't release this. This is not what we want to put out into the world. We want to create something with a future. And a punk's derivative isn't it. And so we made, on that day, we made the decision to delete the collection, tell the Discord, we can do better than this and start again. And now, from that decision is born every single NFT, Bricktopian NFT that you see today. Now, most people who find out about us, they don't know that story. But we want there to be an NFT that defines that story and captures it eternally on the blockchain. It's something that people can always see. And so that is one of the five Exodia pieces. One of the five Infinity Stones is an art piece that captures that. And there are four other ones as well. And the people who combine it to all five together and manage to get all five, there's only a thousand of each, so it's quite limited. Um, they will be able to forge them together and unlock our logo, at which point we will unveil the logo. And of course, naturally, this is Web3. The utility is that the logo is like a consumable that you can use to upgrade our future releases, like the Brain Boot, like this free collection that we're doing. Something really exciting. So the tagline for all of this is, from our history, we will forge our future. And that, that's what Brick Origins is. Dude, I want to I want to kind of go back to the to the shoe. When are you going to release that? How is it going to be released? How will all of that work? Yeah, so the way it's, it's going down is we're releasing it in early 2023, so next year. Um in the uh, current plan is Q1. And the way it's going to work is it's going to be kind of like made to order, so to speak, cuz it's 3D printed. We can actually make them one at a time, you'll purchase an NFT, which will give you the art and a in a, in a very similar way to the way that we love profile pictures, owning rare, rare editions of the brain boot. But you'll have to burn that NFT 
to get the physical sneaker. And what we love about this is that that means the NFTs will get rarer over time. So let's say there's 10,000 sneakers. That means that if half the people burn, instantly half the supply is gone from the market. And it'll be first in best dress in terms of who gets their 3D printed sneaker first. We're working through all the logistics side of it at the moment, which is like of actually printing your shoe. How does it get delivered? How does it get shipped to the processing facility? How does it leave the processing facility and go to your house? And no, we are not going to make the mistake that artifacts clearly have in terms of limiting it to the US. This will be a, a very international launch. We want everyone all over the world to be able to enjoy what we've created. Um, I know we've got a lot of US people in here because it's that time zone. So you guys, because currently they're made in California. So that means that we're um, very easy for a lot of the, the West Coast people in here. I, probably, I don't know if um, my co-founder would let me dock that, but there, there you go. There's an alpha for everyone who's in here. You oh, have to send oh, Eddie was- and Britt out to go check out the, the manufacturing on that, man. Uh, Eddie and Britt are in L.A. Uh, so if, I could, if you ever have a tour of your factory open up, man, fucking let us know. We'd love to see it. Yeah, it's funny. We're Australian, and my co-founder and I, we want to go there and, like, live in like elon musk style live in the factory for a little bit because that gives us the ability to do like faster iterations bigger bulks like rapid changes experiments all those sorts of things so we'll definitely have to link up if we come across fuck yeah bro we love that bro we got uh we got fucking mallow man in the building mallow man how you doing homie doogie 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 Yo, doogie doogie doogie, Alex, I give you some props. I've been listening this whole time. You do, you're doing some incredible things. Keep it up, and uh, yo, I had a question. So I'm also a uh, 3D printing uh, nutty kind of guy. I uh, run a 3D printing company too. So you piqued my interest. I'm curious about some of the manufacturing process. I know that like uh, you know sneakers are a little bit tough to print. Like, do you know? Like, tell me of- about it. Yeah, uh, I've watched for that one. It's a tough one, especially with the flex stuff. But uh, are you guys running that, or uh, you want to enlighten us on any of the manufacturing process? Might be boring to the crowd, but uh, pick my interest. Yeah, so I can tell you what it's not, but I can't tell you what it is, if that makes sense. Just because it's like a, a bit of our our IP. So I actually really love that Mallow's come up because what some people don't realize is how hard it is to 3d print the shoe so our origin story would make some brain boot is originally we just wanted to make this cool algorithmically generated sneaker the design is actually not sculpted it's generated with an algorithm of course um so and what's cool is like you can just like press a button and get like a different fingerprint on the shoe until you get one that this is something we've done not i'm not saying this is necessarily going to be utility um, but you can get a completely different design. And every time you make a different size, the design evolves and changes to, to suit it. And something that we wanted to do, we just wanted to make it the regular method. But then because of COVID, China shut down. So we started 3D printing prototypes, saw a bunch of stuff on Instagram that was like, oh, this is cool concept stuff. Like this, this would be amazing if we could do it. And then as you would know, Mallow, as you start to go down that rabbit hole and actually inspect it closely, a lot of what you see on Instagram is not actually wearable, durable, comfortable, any of those things. And so there's a couple methods that, um, that are t- like technically viable, but they don't really get the finish or level of quality that we want. Like you might know about like FDM, um, 3D printing, which we've seen 
some yeah. samples of. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. That's what we run. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be impossible yeah, yeah. to do. Sorry, yeah. sorry, on, if sorry if I'm dissing. Sorry if I'm dissing. I didn't mean to do that. But it's just, it's not, it's not how we wanted it to run because of the type of design we found like it loses a little bit of the detail. Like it, different printing is good for different, um, approaches. The other one was resin based prints were looking really promising for a while. There are some that are so bad, but we got, we worked with some really, um, really incredible people. But what we found is, you ever see like the Adidas 4D or Adidas if you're American? The Adidas 4D, they have like this exposed 3D printed sole. And we used to think, oh, that's a cool design. Like we like the 3D printing. Let's just not make exposed lattices. And it turns out if you're going to do a resin, you have to because of the way that the liquid drains, which completely ruins the design. So we got like way down that road and it was so frustrating because it looked really good. It's like as we things we talk about, durable, flexible, comfortable. But then it's like, yeah, but you have to sacrifice the design. So we went down all these routes and we finally landed on the basically the only possible way in the entire world that um, we can make it in the way that we want to make it. And it's also taken a lot of engineering on the design front to create our own cushioning system that's not um, the same as like a regular lattice that, that we see in a lot of other shoes in order to make it viable. Um, and what, what really cool video someone posted, it's like the classic scenario of handing it over to someone else. Someone who was at an event I was at who tried it on, she said the cushioning was awesome. That was her favorite part of the shoe. So we've done a really good job there. But now it's all the tough part. Like it's the making the, on, on the design side, it's like making the sizing like a little bit more, um, making the start like little things like making it not pinch at the back of the heel all the classic things that like regular shoemaking is um uh like a, a discipline that already exists but what we've done to get to this point is we've literally spent a year and worked with the top um manufacturing companies in the world that play in this 3d printing space to get to the point of it even being possible and now i've had a shoe that i can wear at an event show it off, Jay's seen it and enjoyed it. And there's no better vote of confidence than having someone buying into the community after seeing it. And so now we get to do the regular the regular stuff that like an e-commerce company does, which is like figure out how to get these things all over the world, figure out packaging, figure out insurance, figure out um, how to make the sizing even better, all those sorts of things. So yeah, that's a bit on our journey. Yo, uh, Alex, man, we're planning on doing, uh, having a, a, a portion of uh, a fashion show uh, as a portion of our bill for NFT NYC. Do you think that these things would be ready by uh, April? Oh, a hundred percent. The issue is that um, I'm going to potentially going to New York for actual fashion week, um, <laughs> which is, I think in February. So I just have to speak, the one thing, the beautiful thing about what we do is you can do it from anywhere. You travel all over the world. But I also really value continuity, like being able to put my head down and focus. So we're, because we're trying to do this as like a Web 2 and Web 3 thing, we're going to have to make a call about whether we think it's more effective to be at New York Fashion Week or NFT NYC. I found, I don't know if you guys found this, I found NFT NYC like a really enjoyable event. I didn't find it as useful as I thought I would earlier this year. But None of us there, went like, to the conference. We all went to the parties because we didn't think that they would provide enough value to justify those prices. 
Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and that's why we're coming well, up with the all of us radio anti NFT NYC event. And uh, yeah, man, we're going to have uh, speakers, uh, painters. We're going to have a uh, fashion show uh, panels. So uh, that's why we're working on that right well, now. Drugs. Well, Put me down for the fashion show, and I think it was Eddie. Eddie can handle the drugs. Yeah. And, <laughs> split. Um, and yeah, but if, if we come along, then definitely I would love to be a part of the fashion show. But I think that that's one of the really funny things is like I, I've done a lot of travel. I've done to a lot, go to a lot of events, and it is always this like um, it's a classic thing of it's like a little bit of a shiny object in that it's so promising of being this like crazy, this is going to be the, the thing that changes everything. And then you go there and as you guys know, it's like really fun parties, a lot of cool events on. Um, but if your goal is to focus and create something successful, I think sometimes you're just better off like putting your head down and focusing. Fuck but, yeah, bro. I completely video. agree. Those shoes, I saw the shoes, you were wearing them um, in a photo on stage, and they look really, really cool. They look trippy. I love the blue ones. So they yeah, like, do 100%. they feel like Crocs? Do they feel like Crocs? I'm, I'm curious about I that. I was just going to say, it looks like you're floating on air or riding a wave. Yeah, so I'd probably say I've never owned the Yeezy Foam Runner, but a friend compared it to those. Uh, like, mm. it, it's like, what? Because if you think about it, it's a laceless design. It's a tension fit. So like it kind of stretches and then like wraps, like hugs your foot. So I'd imagine it's very similar to that. I've never owned Crocs either. I, I m- most of my shoes, um, have laces or like Velcro straps or any, all things like that. So this is my, fir- I'm not a big Yeezy buyer in itself. We, it's oh. the classic thing of you see a shoe that's cool, but it's like, yeah, that's cool. What if I just created my own? Bro, you're yeah. missing out on the Crocs gang. That is the Crocs are the alpha right there for sure. They're, I promise not, you. They're not. Alex they're not. is the web three. Alex is the web three cobbler that we didn't know we needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, seriously, we went to like quite a few web three events earlier this year, and it seemed like the web three shoe everybody decided was New Balances. <laughs> and I was shocked. I was like, "What? I don't think I've seen this many New Balances in my life." So if we could get you at the fashion show, we can make your shoe the Web Three shoe, and we could all be styling out. The, here. the homie said the serial, the, the the New Balances were serial killer ones. So look out for those guys. Yeah, let, yeah dude, damn, bro, that was dark. Oh, let's not let's not fade 1980k though. 1980k's got some shoes. Rango put out some shoes. So let's not fade. Let's not fade the. OGs. Oh no no no! He, he's not talking. She's not talking about shoe releases. She's talking about what people were wearing oh. at NFT and uh, uh, She's talking about uh, people's uh, actual footwear. She was looking at she's like, look, it's more New Balance. New Balance and Oakleys. <laughs> Literally, they were all white New Balances with like the N and uh, in black or blue. That was like everybody's uniform. Jesus. Oh, I know the exact pair as well. There's like a pair that was like trending last year. I just was like i saw it blowing up and i was like i'm just gonna skip this one like i'm i'm good i'm out (laughs) oh yeah bro um i didn't get the memo on the web 3 uniform i i'm curious man i i I've, i've got a question what is it like as a as a founder what is the biggest challenge you feel like you have faced as a founder of a project yeah i i'll give you I'll give you the meta challenge and then the more like 
individual obstacle. So I think that the hardest thing is like on a day-to-day basis that I've only come to like reflect on in the past like week or so is that something that like most people, even if you've got like a really challenging job, you kind of like eventually there is a point at which you go home, even if it's late and eventually it kind of stops, right? But I think about things like floor price and new strategies and new releases 24-7. It's usually when I'm not doing the reactive work, which is like stuff you have to do, that you you give yourself the freedom to think about either the more day-to-day of things like floor and making sure that you're being present enough, you're active enough, you're communicating enough, and then setting up for the future. And that 24-7 aspect, is a really challenging thing to hold as like a mental toughness aspect. And that's if you care, right? Like I'm sure there are some project founders that are like, hey, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I actually really care and and work really hard to make this successful and continue to grow uh, uh, over a year beyond. The the more individual challenge and something I communicated with my community recently about is that the hardest thing is that you're accountable for so many other people's, uh, let's say, whether it be team members, contractors, all these other pe- people in a normal business. If So we had this issue with we hired a developer to create um, a smart contract that we're going to use for Origin. And it's quite a complex smart contract because there's a lot of different ways that you unlock each NFT. And what I was a little bit blind to was the fact that he wasn't as skilled as I needed for this job. But I took that more to be that I'd made it too complex. And it's a really challenging thing to manage timelines against someone that might not be the right fit for the job. And so what happens is in a private business, if you make these types of errors and you need to make a change, you deal with that by yourself. When you're running a project, you're accountable to the external deadlines, community sentiment, all those sorts of things. And it, it is a really challenging thing to balance and something that I gotta be honest is quite um stressful, but also is solved through just communicating as clearly, openly, transparently as you can. And so um when recently I made a change from a dev that took three months to do something, I made a change to someone that became available that I'd worked with in the past and he was able to do it in a week. And I actually for anyone that's wondering, I just got a text from him saying, Hey Alex, I think it's done. Can you please check my work? And that's a really challenging thing to read because you speak to anyone. I was actually even speaking to my partner about this. She works at a large corporate in Australia. And she said, we just hired two team members. One is an absolute gun and is killing it and making my life so much easier. And another one is emailing the wrong things to clients, causing all these issues, blah, 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 blah. Both people went through the same hiring process and were selected by the same team with the same expertise and all these things. You don't know how someone's going to perform until they get into the role. And so something that people underestimate, I think, about running a project is everyone often thinks it's just about you're just spending time hyping things up. Maybe you're creating some designs for some graphics. Maybe you're talking about the next NFT and all that. There's all these things that come with running an organization that take a lot of work, take a lot of nurture, take a lot of learning, and is a really massive thing that I actually quite enjoy. So that's been great. Uh, and something that you, if, if you, uh, I actually said this in my, in my talk, uh, at, um, uh, I did a panel at this NFT event in Australia 
they asked me, it, it became really much, uh, really about the day-to-day life of the founder. And I said, do, running an NFT collection is like living in the YouTube comment section 24-7. And that can either be, a, depending on who you are, that can be a blessing or that can be a curse. And you need to go into it with the mindset that it's a blessing because so many companies would kill for real-time feedback on what they're doing uh, and would like, whereas you get that, you get that direct feedback on tap immediately. And if you ever need, if you ever ever have a question, you want a thought bounce off someone, you get that instantly. The flip side is if you make a mistake, if you experience the growing pains, you will hear about it and you need to be okay with that. And then the third kind of aspect of that is you need to be um, strong enough and strong enough and flexible enough to be able to take on feedback, have your clear vision, be firm in your vision, but also be open-minded to the idea that you could be wrong, if that makes sense. Like you should, if you took on all the feedback and you adapted 100% of the time, you'd end up creating nothing. But if you have a strong vision like we do with the brain boot, it's like I can be aggressive in that vision of the brain boot, but then someone can have suggestions about how they've seen someone else want something and maybe we should be thinking about it like this. And I can take that into the team meetings and use it to make us better, whether we use that or not in a very direct way. So that's a very long-winded answer, but I, I hope for any prospective founders in the audience that that's helpful. I'm just saying, yeah. Bro, we're going to get so many building. playbacks on this. Yeah, we, you just dropped a lot of alpha for us. Thank you. Yeah, bro, you are definitely building, homie. Uh, I love it. I love hearing how busy you are uh, behind the scenes. Um, you know, as far like manage, you know, m- managing people and uh, involved in the artwork, involved in the process of developing the shoe. Um, uh, m- m- folks would kill to have a founder like you who's putting in work constantly, day after day, um, thinking about it night and day. So, fucking props to you, man, for sure. Uh, for fucking holding it down the way that you've been holding it down, bro. I, I think it's fucking legendary. And I love sure. that that you mention constant communication. Because we speak often about what is a rug, what constitutes a rug. And really, you can keep your community happy by just communicating with them, letting them know you're still here, you're still active, they still matter, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, when you say you're here for the long haul, we definitely see that. Do you, do you have any, do you have any um, my, this is my final, final thoughts too. Did, did you have any advice on, um, how to manage roles and like how important like the role the role playing is like when you're building your team. Yeah, do, do, are so you, do you oh, mean like the right person for the right role? Not not just that, but like, are you the person deciding what roles need to be here before you're assigning people to roles? Because like the whole planning of a of a team, like our team right here is is pretty much three people, and you know, and, and uh, OG of the show, late night Dave. But I mean, it's really just three of us that are putting in content and like trying to come up with stuff in the chat for like what, what we should bring to the table to like, to, to make this more interesting. Um, but how, how would you go about like when, when you're coming to like with a project to your team and you're managing it and you're deciding what roles need to happen? Yeah. So the short answer to that is, and I've, I, I'm like an aggressive learner of not just web three startups, but like web two startups and the companies that have come before us. And I'm a massive fan for anyone that's trying to start some form of tech startup or a content startup. Great place to learn is there's a YouTube channel for this startup accelerator called Y Combinator, which 
you know, I even post about, you can find it in my content. I think I posted something on it earlier this morning. Um, I, I think uh, I've seen this throughout my like career, let's say, um, that, and I also learned this in the Y Combinator content is that a lot of people think there's that a certain hire or a certain role will be a magic pill that will make you never have to think about that thing ever again. So I, I, I'm even a victim of this in terms of I hired someone to be our supply chain and logistics person. It's like, great, I don't need to think about that anymore. But it's like, actually, I hold the keys to the vision of what we're doing, and that's very instrumental in how that should play out. So yes, we're better at that now, but I actually, as the founder, need to be central to that as well. There is no, you will never escape the responsibility and you will slowly like scale up and leverage yourself upwards, but there is no magic hire or magic role that will fit. If you've got some gaping problem, you will still, no one's just going to come in and solve it. You will still need to be in that. Um, in terms of roles that I think people underestimate the power of a small team, small teams are, are better because if, if you have trust in your co-founders and your uh, or your other team members, small teams are better because people get more autonomy, they're more motivated, they're, they can be more flexible in the roles that they perform, they can grow into other roles. And then when they've got something systematized, they can hire someone in underneath them and train them to perform that role. So I don't really think of it like, oh, we need a, Twitter space person, right? Like a what is conventionally called like a, a community manager. I'm like, no, no, we need to be doing Twitter spaces. I need to really figure this out first. And then I think that's a role that I would love to have someone do, be the voice that I am on this space right now. Like I met one of the guys from Safi Seals who does a great job of this. He's not the founder and he goes out and effectively does what I'm doing right now. And it's like, I'm like, great, I want that person but the wrong way to find that person is to put up a job offer like on my Twitter and say, I need someone who can speak on spaces and then expect that someone's going to come in, be perfect and perform that role, even though there's definitely a gap there and I want it to be filled. But I need to figure out what spaces are the right spaces. What should we be talking about? What are the key talking points? What are the best closing lines? Um, how all these little nuances and over time I am building out those systems, but it's not as cut and dry as just putting someone in the spot. And uh, yeah, so that's something I've, I've really had to learn as a manager. I've in the past been the cog in the wheel and you really do learn that you're, you're more effective when people almost feel like they can wear many roles, have autonomy, be empowered. It's their startup too. Um, it's their company too. It's their projects too. And I even noticed this within community members. There are certain people that grow into having certain roles and then eventually will likely become team members, for example. So that's the way I think about things. I'm not sure if I answered the question directly, but it's my mindset towards filling roles. I definitely don't just go, we need a marketing person, marketing, order person. That'll fix our, like, or, or increase our growth. No. And a lot of the, I think we've seen a lot of projects that have kind of overcooked themselves. They're doing all the, th like so much garnish or stuff around the main thing without doing the main thing really well, which is building a great NFT, building a great product, building a great experience. That's right. Even with a small team, you can just,
come lay a brick every day and you know you'll look up and you'll see a house at some point mellow man um i saw you had your hand raised did you uh you have your question <laughs> hey brick by brick we're gonna build this house uh you know, quick go. Up, uh, but yeah uh oh unless lawyer gotta do something but uh i was just curious like the balance between uh you know giving people responsibility and like trying not to micromanage um uh, i always find it tough sometimes sometimes you just gotta do it right you're gonna do it do it right and sometimes you gotta do it yourself um here's that balance the lord gotta take it go ahead no, 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 man. I was just saying, let's fucking go. I think you're absolutely right. I hate micromanaging people, you know, uh, uh, as a leader. I prefer what I like to say, even in the interview process, is like I, I like to hire adults, man, people who know that uh, we got a job to do. Let's just knock it out and get it done. Um, and uh, as long as you're that person and you're able to, to take the lead on some initiatives and things, we're going to be all right. Um, so, yeah, man, it's it's a difficult. Here's Here's one, finding people uh finding people uh to do shit right now fuck me yeah so I, i've got a couple thoughts on this um Mallow, uh, to add to your like to touch on your point it's the the balance of trust and everything like that and micromanaging it's like the the best quality i've found i always like used to hear about this like you you watch like a Steve Jobs character or like any of these like mythologized entrepreneurs and they will always talk about hiring team talent, all that as like the hardest part of their job, getting that right. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. but no, no, it's making the product, isn't it? And they always talk about this part as like, that is the secret sauce. Fuck yeah, bro. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> you can have above skill. Because skill can be learned, is, but the strongest quality that someone can have is that you trust them, or they, they earn your trust. And that, so I'm going to use a team member. I'm going to call out someone. Uh, hope he listens to this. Um, so we got a, a guy in our team called Frank that many of our community members will know. And what I love about Frank is that every I I never have to check on his work. That every single time that I have, it has been done perfectly. With zero zero follow up, he never misses anything, and he nails it. If I ask, like we're going to run a giveaway tomorrow, right? And we just caught up, and I said, "Hey, can you make sure this giveaway goes out and it um, and it looks like this, and it says this?" And I, with someone I don't trust, at eight p.m. tonight, I'm going to be. I would have this in the back of my mind: Is this going to go out? Should I check? I have to open the Discord. I have to make sure it's gone, all those sorts of things. But because I trust Frank, I can focus on the things that matter. I can be um, looking at Twitter space opportunities that we can be getting. I can be create, writing a thread that's going to get us more attention. I can, I can actually like allocate brain power to the things that matter. And that's what scales you. And so I even spoke in this video where I talked about the recent challenge that we had with the dev. Yeah, it's not ideal that we had a challenge with the dev, but I also spoke in on the positive front about how um, the flip side of that was, I, I the bad thing was I trusted him too much. But the benefit was that from trusting him, I was able to go on more Twitter spaces than I'd ever been on before. Our floor price went from 0.03 to 0.08. We got all these amazing benefits out of me being able to work on the things that I'm best at because I, I trusted. And so obviously we need to find that balance and reel it in and not give people too much trust at the beginning. But in that balance is how you grow. Because if you have to micromanage anyone, 
even if that's like your style, you will never grow anything significant because you, you need that trust. I love that you were able to find some positive positivity right there in that situation. Fuck yeah, bro. Um, 100%. Dude, is there is there anything else that you wanted to, to add or to cover? Something that we didn't uh, fully cover that you wanted to, to talk about? No, I, I just want to, uh, more than anything, like there's some really, I've been looking at the below the people in this space and it's been really heartwarming that so many people have listened here from the beginning to this point. So I, I'm, more, I'm happy to wrap it up. But more than anything, I just want to say a massive thank you to every single one of you that's taken the time to listen to this. We This is more of a time zone. We've got a lot of Eurobricks that normally love to come to these things. They've missed out today. But of the, the bricks that are here, I think it, we should all show these guys some love. Make sure you're following everyone on stage, not just on stage, though, actually in the space as well, because whether you're a part of our community or not, if you've taken the time to hear our story, you're a part of our world. And if you want to be a part of it even further and you've heard what we're building and how we're going about it and what our mindset is, come and get a Bricktopian. I always say wear a Clonex at a 50th of the cost. So if you want to be a part of an NFT collection with a future and get into this NFT wearable space at a fraction of the cost with a beautiful PFP made by supercomputers, come and get a Bricktopian. It's in the pinned tweet above. We'd love to have you. And of course, if you ever want to chat more, my DMs are always open. Fuck yeah, Alex. You're a fucking, you're an absolute legend, bro. Uh, an absolute phenomenal guest, man, as well, man. So thank you so much. Uh, Eddie, Britt, anything you all, Mallow Man, anything else you guys wanted to yeah. touch on before we go? I, I followed everybody Everybody who's, uh, who's down here with these brick, brick, uh, with the noticeable um, Bricktopian heads. So um, I'll look at your guys' PFPs, but, uh, but yeah, good crowd, guys. Appreciate everybody coming through. And thank you again, Alex, for popping up. Fuck Alex, yeah, this man. was an amazing space. Thank you so much. Um, for the Bricktopians that missed it, you can definitely go to Spotify. Um, we can drop the link so that they can check it out because I think everybody's going to want to hear this on the playback. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I'll share it with my community as well. I'll post it in the Discord so everyone can catch the recording on Twitter. I love it. That's uh, the, what that what, what you just heard right now is Brittany applying pressure to me uh, to upload episodes. That's really what what just happened right <laughs> now. She was like, uh, "We're gonna get Laura to fucking uh, pump these out again." Uh, so fuck yeah, bro! Look, you gotta give the people what they need, and they need this from Alex. Oh, that, I'm about to go grab one right now, bro. That reminds me of a drop that I need to cut and put inside here, and I'm so fucking excited for. It's so crazy. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm excited about what's about that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we fucking do it. Look, if you liked what you heard tonight, man, uh, I encourage you to jump into the All of Us Radio chat. Uh, just leave a comment down below saying, hey, put me in the chat. Um, it's where you get to, I mean, we get we talk, memes, alpha gets put in there. Uh, you get a heads up on the week of who's going to be on the show that week. 
Um, but yeah, man, uh, if you have questions that you want us to be asking uh, the guests that are on stage, you can shoot them through the DM and we'll be there. Uh, also, make sure you check out the ad token uh, if you're interested and had fun during the beginning. Those crazy, silly, funny little ads. We love doing them. Um, yeah, man, fucking we do this, like I said, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, because here we believe that it's not about one of us. It's about all of us. And we love every single one of you. Have a great night. Peace.